Hey, what's up, guys? This is Zach Like here, and you're listening to the one, the only, the Kings of the Ring audio drama podcast, home of the Diamond Donny Gold, baby. Woo! Let's get it, boys! You're listening to the Kings of the Ring podcast network. Welcome to Kings of the Ring. I am Steve Tatai, the creator of this world, and with just two episodes remaining this season, today's number 49 is the go-home to set up the big season 5 finale, number 50. So let's get right down to it. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated TV 14 for profanity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Down goes beautiful Barry Lovelace with the Tomahawk Chop from Diamond Donnie Gold. The fans of Spartanburg, South Carolina have been confused this entire match on who to cheer for and who to boo. Diamond Donnie kneels on Barry's chest, raining down knuckle punches to his forehead. Donnie springs to his feet and looks out to the crowd to yell at a ringside fan for jeering. Then he turns his attention to Miss Kitty at ringside, cheering on her man, and thrusts his groin at her. And she turns around, mortified and disgusted. The world champion gets up and hammers Donnie from behind, who no-sells it, then wheels around with a solid punch to the jaw. With Barry Lovelace on his back, Donnie grabs his feet and spins his finger in a circle and puts on the figure four leg lock. With Miss Kitty screaming at ringside and the referee in Barry's face asking if he wants to submit, beautiful Barry Lovelace has no choice. Kings of the Ring, Episode 49, Union of the Snakes. Welcome back to All-Star Wrestling fans. Um, It's been a trying and difficult week as we're still reeling from the events in Atlanta. As you just saw on the tape, Diamond Donnie Gold stabbed us all in the heart and stabbed the outlaw Jesse James in the back when he double-crossed him before a sold-out Omni. And while we only have the still pictures from Pro Wrestling Digest, this past Wednesday in the Memorial Auditorium in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Diamond Donnie Gold defeated Beautiful Barry Lovelace to regain the WWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, As you can see here, we have members of the Atlanta Police Department uh, stationed around the area. We don't have a riot on our hands like we did at the Omni. So I introduce the new World Heavyweight Champion and once again actively wrestling, Diamond Donnie Gold. As Donnie steps out in his $5,000 suit, Draped in diamonds, the police surrounding the interview area part as Diamond Donnie Gold steps out onto the studio floor, surrounded by armed police. Over one shoulder is a large canvas bag. Over the other is the World Heavyweight title belt. He drops the large bag on the podium and holds the belt in his arm like a loaf of bread. You better wipe that smirk up your face before I slap the taste out of your mouth. Now everyone wants to know. Why, Danny? Why? Kids and old ladies crying. 
grown men with tears in their eyes looking up at me, heartbroken, because their dream of Danny Gold being the hero to the people was dashed like that. Why, oh why, Danny? Why? It's the truth, Donnie. We do want to know why, and we deserve an answer. Delvo, you don't deserve nothing. And I'm going to tell you, because I need to get this off my chest. Now let's do this in order. First of all, the Russians, you messed with me, and I kicked all your asses from one side of the ring to the other. I'm done with you. And honestly, I was just fine, just me and the Russians. But no, Jesse James has to stick his nose in where it didn't belong. Do you honestly think I can just ignore the past 10 years of Jesse James being the biggest thorn in my side in my life? That I can just pretend that Jesse James hasn't been the most hated opponent in my entire career? The sheer and pure arrogance and ego of you, Jesse James, to think I'm just gonna put a smile on my face and be your bosom buddy because you couldn't handle the Russians on your own and were getting embarrassed and humiliated? I took you in for two reasons. One was to watch my back from that crazy Arab and the other brother while I'm beating on the other. The other reason <laughs> was to see the look on your stupid fat face when I stuck it to you. Oh, come on! Having to stand next to your stinky, sweaty, cowboy body and doing interviews shoulder to shoulder was worth it just to betray you. Jesse James, I hate you. I always have and I always will. You hear me? I will never stop hating you. When the nukes are flying around us and America and the Soviet Union are destroying the world with bomb after bomb, I will be hitting you in the knee with a baseball bat. And that was my motivation to step back into the ring. It wasn't about competition. It wasn't about legacy. It wasn't about proving myself to be the best. It wasn't even about revenge against the Russians. It was about turning on the TV set and seeing Jesse James impersonating what a world champion should be. And with every strain in my rehabilitation to come back from being paralyzed was all about seeing your face covered in blood. It should have been you in the plane crash, Jesse, not me. Oh, come on now, you're taking it too far. That's despicable. Shut up, Dilvo. He's speaking of impersonating what a world champion should be. Beautiful, Barry Lovelace. You look in the camera right now, buddy, and you listen up good. No one is going to remember that you carried this. You'll be a footnote in trivia as the worst world champion of all time. And don't you forget it. But you know, Delvo, the people I hate the most are the wrestling fans. Donnie opens the canvas bag and pours out all the letters onto the floor in a pile. These are all the letters I got after that plane crash. And when I see this, I become filled with rage. Why? These people cared about you. I cared about you. How dare you, Jay? How dare any of you? I am Diamond Donnie Gold. Do you understand me? I am pure excellence from head to toe. I am better than any of you 9-to-5ers. And you think you have the right 
to pity me? Moi, the greatest wrestler to ever walk God's green earth? I'm the world champion? I'm the best wrestler in any organization or federation anywhere on this planet. And this is what I think about you fans. Donnie, stepping behind the set, where are you going? Now, now wait a second. That's a can of gasoline. What? No, 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 no. He's pouring it all over the mail. No, stop, somebody. Jesse James, you and the fans can all go to hell. Watch this. Please, someone stop this. No, no, don't do it, Donnie. Don't light it. Oh, my God, the fans are coming. Police, security, quick. Cut to commercial. The stocky veteran Pat Stevens and Luke St. George drive down 8th Avenue to the back parking lot of the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Although hours before bell time, fans are already gathered outside, anxious to see Thor Hansen, the biggest star in wrestling, as well as Tommy Aloha getting revenge against Killian Kavanaugh. However, the wrestlers have something more on their mind that has nothing to do with these matches. So tonight's the walkout, eh, Frenchie? Yeah, this a pretty big move. But if Barry lead this, and guys like Thor and Killian are in it, I'll stand right with him. Me too. When I think of the changes that could be made, uh, it's kind of crazy. But if anyone can do it, it's Hollywood Buddy Melrose. He's a legend. Yes, sir. It's good to have someone like that on our side. Like every other Empire show at the Garden, the crew, office, and wrestlers are buzzing, while fans are let in with a rowdy crowd for sure. Louis the Greek greets the wrestlers with a handshake as usual as he pulls out the format sheet with the match order for the card and pins it on a bulletin board with a thumbtack. Brian Lovejoy in Marauder No. 2, wearing his boots, tights, and no mask, walks up to look at it after Louis walks off. Chief Thunder walks up and stands beside them while they pretend to look at the matches. Hey brother, we doing the gimmick or what? Where's Buddy? I don't know, he needs to show his face. Don't worry, he'll be here. All South Wrestling's Peyton Thomas is in Milwaukee County Stadium with Nelly Gotch, watching his Texas Rangers take on Nelly's Milwaukee Brewers. You guys are gonna be toast. No way, Nelly. Ben is a hot rookie pitcher. He's gonna make it happen. Well, we still got Robin Yount and Ogilvie. Robin Yount's good, but not exactly the Donnie Gold of baseball. <laughs> we'll see. Speaking of Donnie, though, you heard he's working again and they put the belt on him. I did indeed. Which could be an interesting development for all of us. That's exactly what I was thinking. Still don't know what the fuck got into Jesse putting a strap on fucking Barry Lovelace. Yeah, it don't make sense. Maybe it was Hawkins' call. I don't know. Jesse's always been THE Booker. Well, so are you and me, Nelly, and you know Bert and Charlie still call the shots at the end of the day. That's true, uh, who knows. In any case, we could really use Donnie, especially now that Julian Kane is up our ass these days. Yeah, we could use some too with our, our deal with Gabe and the Rebels. Yeah, what the hell happened there, Peyton? I read the blurb in the paper. They got arrested together. Not exactly all South's finest moment. Well, uh, hopefully the story will die down and fade away so we can get back to wrestling. But old Bert won't let it die. He's trying to make an angle out of it. Oh, cheese and crackers. That's a pretty big gamble, Peyton. Yeah, I know, but, you know, once these old guys make their minds up about something... Don't I know it. Hey, do you know Michael's coming back? Michael Angel? No shit? He's in rough shape since leaving New York, but if we can bring him back to work with Donnie, ooh boy, we could draw some money. 
And we don't need to resort to this Rebels kidnapping Gabe horseshit. And if we could put Donnie with Dan Sanders, that'd be like a dream match. That'd outdraw anything with Thor Hansen on our turf. So how do we make this happen? I've never seen tensions uh, within the Alliance as bad as they are right now. Yeah, I know. And Hawkins controls Donnie's bookings, right? Yeah, well, fuck that. I'd just as soon call Donnie direct and get things going through him. Okay, well, you should do that. I mean, you and Donnie go way back. It'll also give you first crack at Donnie for bookings. Okay, well, yeah, we'll do it. You'll need that money after paying for the steak dinner you're buying me tonight. My ranger take these brewers out. <laughs> oh, Steer Rock 3 and Robin Yount is out. Oh, fucking A, Robin. What are you doing out there? Les Henderson has been walking around Julian Kane mingling with the Madison Square Garden officials going over the numbers. Even Nigel Davies is present tonight in a new suit. Luke St. George reluctantly puts his tights on and mutters to the blob. If Buddy Melrose is going to make his run in, he needs to do it now. We're half hour away. This needs to happen. I don't want to go back to Canada. The door opens and the boys look over as beads of sweat form on their heads. Then exhale as it's just Thor Hansen with Julian Kane. As Julian walks to Nigel, the Bronx bomber Tony Garrione walks up to Thor in the other direction, talking out the side of his mouth. Hey Thor, you seen Buddy? No dude, haven't seen him all day. Fuck man, are you serious? Tony stops in his tracks. Oh shit man, someone fucking got to him. Somebody stooged him out. We got a fucking rat in the kitchen bro. Come on man, just cool it. Uh, maybe he just got cold feet or something. I mean, it's a big move. But he's probably just waiting for the right moment. I'm sure he'll be here. Gergioni walks away, shaking his head, and walks by Brian Lovejoy and Tall Paul, already dressed for their matches. Guys didn't see Buddy, did you? No. Got a fucking rat in the kitchen, boys, I'm telling you. Somebody stooged out Buddy. This is so fucked up. Now we're gonna get fucking fired? Shit, I knew it. Calm down, Tony. No one's getting fired. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for this. He's gonna be here. You seen Julian? He's already pissed off. You can see. He knows, and we're screwed. Everybody that was in on this is getting fucked tonight. I have faith in Buddy. See, Thor's been cozying up to Julian all night. He's probably been uh, distracting him while Buddy gets ready. Just have your shit ready, okay? Don't freak out. Elsewhere, Bad Bad Leroy Brown is talking to Mabutu Zulu. I think Buddy wimped out. Do we need Buddy to do this? Well, I sure ain't gonna lead no walk out. You think all these guys will follow me? Oh, you? <laughs> Mm-mm. I ain't doing shit till I see Buddy. Diamond Donnie Gold wakes up in his king-size bed in his executive suite's apartment in Atlanta, and beside him in bed is none other than the World Championship belt, now back where it belongs. How you doing, sweetheart? Are you glad to be back? I'm glad you're back. Mwah. Oh, hang on, darling. Yellow. Donnie, it's Nelly. Nelly, how you doing, brother? Listen, congratulations on your return to the ring and getting the belt back. Thanks, brother. I saw a tape of your comeback match. Uh, you look sharp as ever. And that swerve turn on Jesse, it's perfectly done. Thanks, brother. Who's old Jesse? He booked that entire angle from start to finish brilliantly. No doubt. But now that Barry Lovelace is out of the picture and, and Jesse and all his bad publicity is out, 
and you're the champ again, let's say we revive the Alliance properly and get you booked for some AMW shows. AMW shows? Really? Yeah, Dad's been giving me power over the book lately, so I'd like to get you on the show. Imagine you and Dan Sanders in Chicago Stadium or the St. Paul Civic Center. I mean, it'll be like printing money. Jeez, Nelly, uh, you're going to have to talk to Daniel on this. He does my bookings now, and honestly, I can't afford to work any dates outside ACW. Jesse and me is the hottest program in the business. I can't walk away from that kind of money. Daniel has me booked all across Florida to St. Louis to the Carolinas. I mean, we're going to be running some stadiums this summer. We're red hot. But Donnie, we got these guys the apocalypse. I want you to see them. I'm sorry, Nelly. Uh, but give me a call later in the year uh, if we cool off. Uh, otherwise, SCW is red hot in 86. Okay. Brian Lovejoy, Leroy Brown, and Bronx Bombers, you up first. Brian, Leroy, and the Bombers look at each other from across the locker room, unsure what to do. Tony Gargione angrily slams his locker room door shut, shaking his head. I'm coming, Louie. Fuck. Louie is all confused. What you angry about? You match right here. Uh, you even going over? It's not it, Greek. You seen Buddy or what? Where is he? Uh, he's not here, he's sick. Motherfucker! Brian Leroy and Mean Mike Diamond walk over too. Did you say he's sick? Yes, Julian say he's sick. It's no problem. Me and Hendo can handle the show like we used to do all the time. I want 15 minutes. Bombers over on Brian with double clothesline spot like we do in, uh, Paul. Louie walks away and the four of them stand there gawking at each other. Man, what do we do? fucking work our match. I want to keep my job, and I don't know shit about Buddy or a union or anything. I'm just trying to work. And if you guys aren't on board, then fuck y'all. Either see you out there or I don't. Tony walks off in a huff, while me and Mike Diamond shrugs his shoulders and follows his tag team partner. The rest of the locker room sees them walk towards the ring as they hear the ring announcer Chase Sterling open the show and finish putting on their gear. While individually wondering what went wrong, with some ashamed they even bothered at all. All the while, Julian Kane watches from the edge of the locker room, sneering and squinting his eyes. As the day ends, Carol Baskin puts on her nightcap and robe, turns the lights out in her kitchen in the hallways, and she sees her husband, the legendary Hollywood Buddy Melrose, passed out on his lazy boy in the living room half-empty glass of bourbon still in his hands as he snores away. She puts a blanket over her husband rather than wake him to bed and turns out the light beside him where there sits the Federal Express letter from the Empire Wrestling Federation informing him he's been fired. From days of long ago comes a legend, the legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. Rare team separate! B team separate! Air team separate! Let's form Voltron! Now you can form Voltron. Defenders of the universe. Attack teams also sold separately from Matchbox. 
Hawkins are in the Beef and Bottle Steakhouse in Charlotte, North Carolina, celebrating their recent victories and the successes yet to come. Cheers, Daniel. Jesse says as he and Daniel clink glasses of 1968 Chateau de Tour. Thank you, Jesse. This program you like the Orange Bowl in Miami, and some other baseball parks. If it's you and Danny, uh, what about the Russians? I'm going to move up Bo Riggs into this, and I want him and Vladimir Rakoff to fight over the U.S. title. You sure? He's still kind of... G- Jesse glares at him while he pours another glass of wine. I mean, I, I can't wait. <laughs> Daniel, the fire's blazing right now, and it's only going to get hotter. Our feud has been reignited in the biggest of ways. We need to really take advantage of the heat we got and send a message to America that this is where the big boys play. Okay, uh, what do you have in mind? No, I can't deny there's a certain stink on that belt since Lovelace. And even for me during the Jimmy Buck run. No, I think to really signify that this is a, a new era and that we're on the same level as the Empire, we need a new belt. Hawkins' eyes open wide. And it needs to be the, the grandest, most spectacular championship belt the wrestling business has ever seen. It needs to be bigger than everybody else's. And it needs to be solid gold with jewels encrusted and a nameplate that says who the champ is. If the world title is number one in the world, then the belt has to look the part. I love that idea. I spared no expense. Thank you, Daniel. I think that's a key part of our entire mission here, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, Jesse. And I like that attitude. I want everything about us to scream that we are a force. That we are going to be truly national. Now how about we finish up with some proper bird? Which owed us that Papa Van Winkle? Okay, yeah, we got your money. Charlie Gotch's large patio deck overlooking the private lake in his backyard is transformed into a child bonanza as Nellie Gotch's young son celebrates his birthday at his curmudgeon grandfather's estate. Charlie shakes his head as he watches more than a dozen kids destroy his home while some of the AMW wrestlers mill about between Gotch family members. Shark and Buzzsaw are in full gimmick playing with the kids who are completely entranced by their living comic book looks. When Nellie's son jumps in his grandfather's arms. Thank you, Papa. Oh, happy birthday, kid. Nellie almost bursts into tears seeing this, but composes himself as Dan Sanders is talking to him. I don't know why Charlie was so bothered by this at first. Uh, I offered to take them to Showbiz Pizza Place. What's that? 
It's this new kid's place, and they have, like, every arcade game there is. Plus, this robot bear named Billy Bob comes to life and walks around. It sounds horrifying. No, no, it's for fun. Well, I guess I should get smartened up on that kind of thing. Been away from home too long. Want another old Milwaukee? Nellie reaches into a bucket and pulls out another bottle. Thanks, Nellie. You know, these are the kind of memories I missed out on with my kids. I was headlining at Empire State for so long. Yep. Family life and road life don't go hand in hand, especially when working on top. Which is why I need to step down. Uh, come again? Not now, but I want to start winding down my wrestling days. Besides, you guys need a young babyface to take over here at AMW anyway. <laughs> you sound like Buddy Melrose. Huh? It's what he said a couple years back in his initial run when we still had Thor. I was replaced by Thor in New York, but in hindsight, it was the right move. For me, maybe a blessing in disguise. Sure, I was bitter and PO'd, but it opened my eyes in a lot of ways, being removed from everything. Uh, my generation, guys like me and Buddy, well, we're done. We shouldn't still be out here taking up the top spots. I see what you're saying. I hate to say it, but Julian Kane really struck gold with Thor. Uh, for the 80s, might be the perfect babyface. But there's no reason you can't have your own version. I mean, who do you have now? I mean, who do you like? Well, we got Shark and Buzzsaw. They fit the bill, but they're a tag team. We'll split them up. It's an idea, but... but how much time are you giving me, Dan? <laughs> no timeline, but you don't want to get caught with your pants down. Yeah. The Apocalypse finally give themselves a break from the kids and group in the kitchen while Shark looks for a beer when Charlie Gotch walks in. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Gotch, uh, can we talk to you? If you want to get paid just because you're in gimmick, forget about it. You're doing this on your own. No, no, it's not that. Um, uh, we got a call from Julian Kane. What did he want? Us. Shark answers. He told us we'll make more money than we ever will at AMW. Uh, we'll get more pussy, have toys made of us. What did you tell him? You better have told him to go to hell. Is that what you did, you son of a bitch? We didn't call him back. He just left a message on our machine. Good. That's good, boys. You did the right thing. Fuck Julian Kane. So what did he say after you told him to fuck off? Um, we didn't say anything, but he said it's an no, open... No, we told him to fuck off, Charlie. We told him good. Fuck him. Julian's crossed the line. I can't believe he called you two. He already stole Thor from me. He's trying to steal you too. Over my dead body. Yes, sir. You know he doesn't really want you, right? He's just using you to get to me. I mean, we're at war. He knows how limited you two are. It wouldn't do him any good. It's just about me. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I got it. Something needs to be done about this Julian Kane. Once and for all. I need to make a phone call. Charlie leaves and Buzzsaw looks at Shark. Why'd you cut me off, man? Julian told us we could jump whenever we wanted. I wanted to tell Charlie that. The old man doesn't need to know that. He doesn't need to know any more than what we tell him. You see how he didn't even give a shit about us? He barely thanked us for today and told us we are the shits. I don't think he really said all that, but... Listen, Buzzsaw, I still don't like you. You're a fucking wimp. But we are the most over-tagged team in wrestling. And that includes those Nancy Boy rock and rollers. So we are in this together. And I'm not going to let your dumbass hold me back from getting paid what we deserve. 
If Julian was willing to pay us all that money, then AMW should as well. And if not AMW, then maybe someone else in the Alliance. You hear how much money the outlaws make in Japan? Yosemite told me, and they make more in a week than we do. Fuck this AMW loyalty you keep talking about while you try to suck the old man's wrinkly dick. The only people we need to be loyal to is each other, and we aren't getting enough money. Julian Kane's offer proved it. Once again, Daniel Hawkins enters the Billington Law Firm in downtown Charlotte and is greeted by the elder member of the firm who has served the Hawkins family for decades. Come in, Daniel. I have some more good news. Good news indeed. Last we spoke, I told you of a certain level of power you would have with the Alliance because of the stalemate of votes from you owning three and the other gentleman owning three, with the seventh effectively dead uh, because that was New York which seceded from the Alliance in 1984. Yes. However, it seems you may have control over the deciding vote after all. Really? How? In combing through the World Wrestling Alliance bylaws with a fine-tooth comb, we not only found these articles were barely updated since their creation in the 1950s, but there is something known as the Champion's Clause. Are you familiar? Never heard of it. It's something that likely never was activated because it was unnecessary. Seven votes, every issue always decided. Now, it's only six votes. The Champion's Clause has just become incredibly relevant. What is it? What is it? The World Champion of the World Wrestling Alliance, whoever that happens to be at the time, has the power to determine all tiebreakers. What? Does that mean what I think it does? The World Champion casts the deciding vote on all issues with the World Wrestling Alliance. Oh my god. Diamond Donnie Gold is the deciding vote, and he's my guy. This changes everything. I've done it. I own the World Wrestling Alliance. It's all mine. Daniel, you don't own anything. I know that literally, but, but if I have control, I do what I want. There's something I wanted to do for months now, but I keep getting blocked and stopped. SCW, CWA, Heartland, all that. It's also limiting and confusing to the fans. And every time I try to fix it, the old old codgers keep blocking me. But no more. Send this out to those assholes so we can get an official vote. And as soon as they vote no, I can activate the champion's clause and Hawkins promotions will officially be renamed the World Wrestling Alliance. And welcome back to ABC News Exposed. This is your head investigative journalist, Michael Sluck here. And once again, the fraud that is wrestling rears its ugly head. This time, from Crusher Krawcheck's very own All South Wrestling. Yes, the two biggest rivals from this company are Gabriel Angel and Denny Wayne from a group called the Southern Rebels. These two so-called combatants are arch enemies in the ring and sell thousands of tickets nightly, predicated on the idea that these two hate each other. Angel, pictured here, the wholesome, squeaky-clean hero who preaches a good life of clean living to the children, 
who buy these tickets, and his hated rival, Denny Wayne. As it turns out, Gabriel Angel was arrested in New Mexico for driving while drunk and high on and possession of drugs. And guess who his passengers were? Denny Wayne and the Southern Rebels, also drunk and high. Mere hours after wrestling each other? Now the All South Wrestling television program is pushing a cockamamie story that Gabriel was kidnapped by these dastardly villains, but the police report that ABC News Exposed acquired clearly contradicts that story. As all the wrestlers were laughing and joking with each other at the police station and were quite friendly and jovial with each other and the police. This is the type of fraud that wrestling pulls on a paying audience nightly. So which is it All South Wrestling? Are they arch enemies or best friends? Now the people know the truth. <laughs> Charlie Gotch enters his den, pours himself a Chivas Regal, looks at the wall and the pictures of Jonathan Cain, and other old pictures of himself, George Gilmore, Crusher Krawcheck, walks by his globe and spins it, and then he sits at his desk, goes to his Rolodex, and dials a number. <clears throat> and for all. Oh, really? Face to face. Are you sure you want that? On the 18th, we're running Denver Coliseum. I know you're gonna be in town. So if you show up at the Coliseum, I'll be there, waiting. Just you and me. We can finally end this. Yes, the very first in-person meeting between Julian Kane and Charlie Gotch will take place in the Season 5 finale. This, the first in-person encounter since the very beginning at Jonathan Kane's funeral. And these two will meet face to face. And what will happen will change the course of everything. That is a guarantee. Today's deleted scene exclusive for the extended Patreon edition featured Julian Kane calling Shark and Buzzsaw on the phone. If you heard that conversation, then we hope you enjoyed that scene. And if you did not, we invite you to become a patron at patreon.com slash kingsotr, where you can hear this and all other deleted scenes from the Kings of the Ring show, plus hear new episodes two weeks early, and many other benefits, like being in the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash kingsotr. So I am out of here to get to work on episode number 50 in the biggest, most important finale in Kings of the Ring history. 